Hello, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Fry Kaiser, uh, an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter, at WriterVry, and if you check my pinned tweet, you can see all the things I freelance for. Uh, today, I have two very special guests with me, if you two would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Devin Randall. Uh, I am a freelance writer. I write for a couple websites like Instinct Magazine and Gay Pop Buzz. On top of that, I'm a writer for the creative world. I, I'm a playwright, so I have a play going up in Philly next month, dear lord. Uh, and in addition, awesome. I have my own blog and YouTube channel called Queer Fidanci, where I talk about LGBTQ and BL media. Hi. Oh, and you can find me at Dev Jack Ran on Twitter. Cool. <laughs> All right. Hi, my name is Masaki. I am a, a writer, freelance writer, and also a YouTube video creator. And I started drawing illustrations last year. So that's what I do. Uh, I have my Instagram and uh, I post my illustrations there. Queer themed illustrations. And uh, my writings, you can you can find my writings uh, on my website, but most of them are Japanese, uh, in Japanese. So, uh, but I have some English writings, so you can go check out, uh, give me a queer eye, give me a queer eye with, without the V. G-I-M-M-E, give me a queer eye.org. So that's where you can find my stuff. And um, if, if y'all are interested, we'll have uh, links to their uh, ats and uh, websites down in the show notes. So be sure to check those. Cool. And today we are talking about BL, a very large and formidable topic. We will not be able to cover everything. Absolutely. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, all right, so I think a good we easy way to sort of wade into it is, do you guys want to talk about sort of your earliest, uh, how, how did you come across the genre, sort of your earliest experiences with it? So I've been into BL for a decade now, um, to the point that I was definitely a little too young to be reading BL. But um, <laughs> I got into it first through an anime, through the anime Mirage of Blaze, um, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey, it opened the door to better things. Um, if you don't know, Mirage of Blaze is an anime about. How do I quickly explain this? Um, it's about a group of uh, spirit warriors, and like they fight demon ghosts, stuff like that. And they're reborn into bodies every time they die, and then they kind of like relive lives. So they're like uh, past souls in a way. And the main character has a kind of tormented relationship with this other guy who's like his secondhand man um, to the point that there is a uh, a sex scene in it and at the time I was like oh what is this being a little gay boy you know uh, and so I looked to a Mirage of Blaze and then I looked up Yaoi and that's what kind of started me down the path all right so my experience my first experience with BL was I think I was around 11 12 years old you know, just about when I was exploring my sexuality and, you know, some of the differences that I was starting to notice, you know, uh, between me and other people, other boys and men, older men. Um, I think, I think I saw, accidentally saw a cover of uh, Hikaru no Go, BL book, um, that uh, was on the shelves 
in the bookstore near my house. And I was just a little kindergarten, not, not kindergarten,、uh, elementary school kid, you know,、uh, glancing over that、um, aisle, you know, trying not to be caught. <laughs> and <laughs>、uh, I was like so shocked. I, I thought it was just a, a regular Hikarunugo book, but apparently、uh, the characters were too intimate on the cover. So <laughs> I realized that it was some sort of a sexual. Uh, thing going on in the book. I wanted to buy it, but I was too embarrassed because I was, you know, I I, I didn't even know the word gay, I, I think, back then. So I was too afraid. I would go to the bookstore like maybe three times a week just to, you know, look at it from afar. <laughs> and I wanted to buy it. I wanted to buy it. And it took me like a year and a half, maybe, to actually, you know,、uh, gather up my courage to take that book. <laughs> I'm sure it was a very unpopular book because it was sitting there for the whole time. <laughs> But I、uh, grabbed it, went to the、uh, cashier, and it was easier than I thought. It's kind of funny. And that's how I started. It's kind of funny how、sorry. we had a. No, I'm sorry, I interjected. But、um, it's kind of funny how we both had similar experiences of like being younger gay kids and kind of not having the words for our feelings. And Yaoi kind of helped、right. us in that kind of like、totally. in that trajectory, I guess, and definitions. Yeah. Because、yeah. um, I had a sim- another similar experience of once I was a little down the road,、um, I was. Fortunate enough that my library had a few Yaoi or BL books in them. They、yeah. did. Like、uh, <laughs> Rin,、uh, which is a book about archery, a like high school archery club.、Um, they had that, and I was reading it. And I remember I had like scheduled to pick it up early, but then I got there earlier than that. So then I was like looking for it, like, where's the book? Where's the book? And somebody was just then cl-、uh, claiming it to put it in like the pickup aisle, whatever. Uh, and I had a moment of like, oh God, do I like talk to her? Do I wait for her to like, put it in the spot?、Um, so I was just, I was thinking of that when you told your story. We have like very similar yeah, beginnings. Yeah, 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 yeah. The next thing I,、uh, I experienced with that,、um, uh, the bookstore、um, environment, I, I was in a bookstore, a different bookstore,、um, in a near, a little bit bigger town. And I found a gay magazine with like photos, nudity, <laughs> and everything. And I saw it. I was curious because you know, I, I was starting to realize that I was gay. I grabbed it and I opened it because、uh, back then, that was like 15 years ago, bookstores did not put the like black plastic thing around those books. I opened it and I was so. Um, honestly, disgusted.、Mm-hmm. Because with all the BL books that I had read、uh, so far, I had this image in my mind that when I grew up to be an adult, I would be、uh, in a relationship as beautiful and dramatic as that of BL, right? <laughs> so I looked at all those pictures. I'm like, so grossed out. You know, I think that was very、uh, homophobic, but、um, that was my honest reaction to that.、Um, I would say so homophobic. So, like, BL, right?、Oh, okay. But maybe a little bit homophobic. 
and <laughs> but um yeah so i but think I'm, i mean i i grew I up with bl yeah yeah like you know bl really helped yaoi bl helped me um much more than gay media mm. back then as a teenager and i i totally understand what you're saying because like gay media uh is very different than bl i mean because they're catered yeah. towards totally different demographics but like uh gay media can be so graphic in a way that even though bl yeah is definitely or yaoi specifically is definitely graphic uh gay right. media like magazines are so kind of like sex sex man sex meets sex sex you know um, right. Whereas the Yaoi and BL definitely does have the kind of like flower floweriness of like romance and love. Um, totally. As a general, I guess. Right. Right. So on top of about. that, the gay media, the, the gay porn that I was looking at in that bookstore, uh, was very focused on bear type mm. gay men and hairy. Um, that's actually the mainstream genre of gay pornogra- pornography in Japan, even uh, up until today. So <laughs> I've always distanced myself from that kind of uh, representation. Have either of you uh, read or enjoyed or found yourself, uh, it wasn't for you with uh, with Gay Call Me uh, or Bara, as it used to be called. As I understand, that's seen as pretty derogative now. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't uh, hear about that. I'll have to look into that. Huh. But I, yes, to answer your question. It is possible I am misinformed, oh, but yes. Uh, fine, don't worry. Uh, and to answer your question, yeah, I definitely, I'm not a fan of Bara, which is weird because it is catered, or it's supposed to be catered towards gay men, but of the the graphicness, there we go again, the graphicness of the Bara genre, some, especially with the most known uh Oh, uh, sorry, I'm having so many tangent thoughts, but um, the most known mangaka, oh, uh, whose name I am now forgetting. Uh, ah, why can I not remember his name? I'm just going to do a quick Google, but like the most known mangaka of Bara is so graphic with his uh, sexuality of the, sec- of the scenes, and of it just makes me feel distanced from it. Just the graphicness, even for me, is just too much. Uh, let me look uh, up his name real quick. Gengoro yes, Tagame? thank you. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking, yeah. Yes, uh, English viewers are probably, uh, English listeners probably are most familiar with him mm. uh, through My Brother's Husband, which yeah. is not his usual fare. That's actually what I was going to, rec- I had just thought that. That was one of the tangents of like, oh, that's a good manga to recommend. So we'll, we'll come back oh, yeah. to that later. Mm-hmm. But just, yeah, with the Bara genre, it's, I found it to be so grotesquely, or I define it as grotesquely graphic that I just can't get into it. Of course, that's mostly with uh, him and genres or uh, comics like him. It's not the entire genre, but because of that, it's left a sour taste in my mouth, I guess. That's a bit of a graphic mm-hmm. metaphor, but okay. <laughs> I remember uh, a tweet by a Japanese person who saw the uh, televised version of his manga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the one that you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the brother, the husband of the brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the tweet, the tweet said, um, "My mom watched it and he, she loved it, and she said, uh, what, what other comics 
Oh, no. He drowned. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And he was like, yeah, he, he got out, so he was speechless and he couldn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was just a setup for failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Masaki, do you have uh, any thoughts on uh, Gekomi or, or Tagame or, or other authors? Uh, I really am not familiar with any of that. Because, no worries. Yeah. I've seen some, like maybe three, four like episodes of uh of those mangas in the in random magazines. Because uh, I work I used to work for a uh, center for gender studies in a university and they had a library, queer library, and they had those magazines and I was killing time reading them. So I saw I think I read some, like you know, really small uh, part of it and I was like the more I read it um, the more distanced I felt from the gay community so I'm sure that's not the case for many other people but that was yeah that was what happened with me and uh, Bara manga yeah you mentioned when we uh, when I asked you to come on here that you've read some BL but you're not a huge fan um is I, I guess what um, what kept you from uh, are there particular factors that kept you from getting really involved with the genre after those kind of personal discovery moments w when you were young? Right, I I used to read quite a lot, but I just it wasn't like I was like trying to follow a particular author or a particular genre, you know, subgenre. I would just go to the aisle, BL aisle in the bookstore and, you know, looked at the covers and if, if I liked something, I, I'd buy it. And if I like it, I keep it. If I don't like it, I, you know, uh, maybe those books that I didn't like were sitting at my parents' house now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my father doesn't find it. Um, <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I went to New Zealand at 16 and moved to the states at seven, 18 and i lived outside of japan for a total of like five or six years um and i think i just didn't have access to bl for that period of time mm -hmm. except like you know some fan art or fan fiction that i could find on the internet and my english wasn't that it wasn't good back then so i only uh, I could only consume uh, BL in Japanese so I think it was a, an accessibility ac access the problem of access back then but then after years of not uh, reading any BL I came back to Japan and I think I was now a little more mature than before, mature enough to sort of see through um, gender. Like when I when I when I see a heterosexual uh, romance, uh, TV drama, or uh, a novel, when I read a novel about uh, you know. Romantic relationship between a man and a woman. Uh, I can see more of that. I can see more of a like a more 
than heterosexuality there. You know, I can see more of like a human human to human interactions, human to human uh, emotional, like you know. But I can see deeper, right? So I didn't really have to. I think BL was sort of like my uh, retreat from the heterosexist um, outside world when I was in when I was a teenager. But when I grew up, I you know now I'm an adult, and I don't need especially you know specifically man to man narratives to understand my sexuality and deal and accept my sexuality. I think that's one of the biggest reasons. And also, I it's not like I don't like BL anymore, but I think I don't need BL anymore. Gotcha. Not so- as much as I did. Are you then, uh, I, I guess, more invested in in the more sincere representation yeah, types of stuff like uh, uh, shim, sh- Shimaname uh, Tasogare, um, or or just you know like legitimate works by queer people for queer people, or you're just content with um, with the heterosexual stuff because you're comfortable in who you are and and you've kind of reached that point. I think I've seen enough positive representations in like not big like very popular uh, works but I've seen very nuanced and very sometimes heartwarming sometimes heartbreaking sometimes bitter sometimes sweet uh, representations of homosexuality in uh, like manga or novels maybe that were like written by a nameless person you know on the internet mm-hmm. and it's not like I, I'm happy with heterosexual content but the weird thing is there have been some TV shows or uh, movies in Japan that people say depict homosexuality very positively mm-hmm. and I I'm so freaking scared to watch them or read them because if I go to the if I, if I go to that movie then uh, for example I uh, I go in with really high hopes mm-hmm. and I'm used to being disappointed <laughs> right <laughs> so there is like a TV show called Osan's Love right uh, it's a uh, like older man's love, uh, if I translate that literally, uh, it was very popular, and not even not 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 only among queer people, but uh, it was a huge success. And I haven't watched it. If I see a clip of that drama on Twitter, I skip it because I'm too scared to see the depiction of homosexuality that's there, and people like it. But I'm like, what if I don't like it? I, I get what you mean. The fear of like misrepresentation or mis yeah, misrepresentation, just getting it wrong. Um Yeah. I feel like every now and then you just gotta risk it, you know? Just every now and then, yeah, people are some stories are gonna disappoint, the creators are gonna disappoint, but like right. there are some that are gonna be fantastic. Some that are gonna be right. so 
meaningful to you that like your heart is crying you know um, <laughs> you're missing out on those opportunities by being right. fearful of the bad ones yeah one of the things that really surprised me is that some newer creators like maybe not big names but uh, people who make who create stuff on the internet i you know i follow some of those mangaka you know i'm like semi-professional mangaka and not necessarily queer but when i read them um their works there are like queer elements to it and like i'm I, i'm surprised to see like you oh this is like it's not like explicitly gay or it's like a, it's not a gay themed um work but it's like there mm -hmm. queer stuff is there and i don't know if it's a generational thing or a cultural shift is going on but i think i'm pleasantly surprised at that but because especially because i don't have any hopes for um <laughs> queer in you know, a good career representation in that uh manga or novel so mm -hmm. and you just but i think yeah sorry you just can't kind of like oh i don't know how to phrase this uh you made me think of social media and how it's made it made bl more accessible to us and especially the creators um because i was just a couple days ago i was on uh twitter and somebody retweeted uh korean uh creators webtoons or something and the mm -hmm. korean uh, creator was like commenting in the thread and i was just like I, that just made me think about like how more accessible all this stuff is, all this queer content, all of this BL is, and the creators are to us now. That wasn't really possible 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago, would you have been able to like point out uh, the face of a BL creator? Probably not. Um, so it's very cool how the internet and social media, I mean, we're having this whole conversation right now, you know? <laughs> um, it's wonderful how the internet has made all this easier for us and more accessible. I did want to flip this on its head a little bit and ask ask you, Devin, because um, I think for us uh, in in the U.S. regions, particularly English speaking generally, but specifically in the U.S., um, accessibility was a major issue. I think with, that with a lot of uh, specifically uh, young queer folk reading a lot of BL, like we we didn't have access to uh, novels or the stuff written by by more obscure authors um so i guess i would would you still be into bl you think if you had like the full range of options is there like a tropiness Ooh. there that appeals to you i was growing up in the mid-2000s it was well here is gravitation <laughs> and also some really really oh. bad oh, uh really bad light novels that junae has put out we've been through so much Oh, gravitation. Because I that was around the same time when I got into Mirage of Blaze. I saw gravitation as well. Oh, that was that was some scary times. My poor naive soul thought that that was comparatively progressive because there was a female character in it. No, <laughs> no gravitation is not good actually. Ooh, so, but God, did I have feelings about mm, it? Didn't we all? But I guess my question. Uh, so, so there was even even when you were younger, a little bit more available, but. Uh, still, it's, I think, kind of the most popular stuff, the most popular BL gets translated into English. Mm. So, um, I guess if, if you had access to not just the most popular stuff, Everything. but also, 
Yeah, to everything, including by like indie queer oh. creators in Japan and all that stuff. Would you still be drawn to BL? I think yes, but wow, I would be so confused with what to read and what to watch. I mean, because uh, with BL, like you said, early 2000s, it wasn't that, that accessible. I was, Like I said, I was lucky enough to have a library that had like one or two stories there. Um, shout out to Mount Laurel, New Jersey. But um, <laughs> I, and like On Demand had a few uh, yaoi uh, sections available, uh, the anime, excuse me, available, like Maja Blaze, uh, Gravitation, but those were so far and in between. Um, you had to like go online to use, look at scanlation places uh, and read like the bare minimum of stuff. And nowadays, like there's so much out there. There's Korean uh, webtoons, Chinese webtoons, there's Thai BL dramas, there's uh, Japanese BL dramas and Japanese yaoi. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But even then, yeah, it's still the like the most popular stuff out of each area. Um, so like if I had the whole ocean of options, I would be so lost. Um, but I think I would still be interested I mean, let's face it, I've been reading Yaoi for like 10 years now. I'm committed. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> it might change to varying degrees in the future, but I think I'll still... Ooh, there's this one um, comic, uh, which technically isn't BL, but it's about two girls reading BL, and it's about an elderly woman whose husband died, and she's kind of just like waiting to die, which is super sad, but she randomly comes across a BL uh, comic, and she reads it and she's like, this is amazing. And so she goes to like a bookstore and she meets the girl, the cashier at the bookstore. <laughs> and she's like, hey, is there any more of this? And the girl's like, yeah, they're over here. And the girl who's kind of like a shy, quiet girl was like, I like BL too, wanna be friends? And she's like, the older woman's like, yes. Sadly, I do not remember the title of this oh. thing, so I can't say it, um, but it's so good they're only like this well in english there's though. only about four <laughs> chapters out right now but it's so good and like every time i see an update i'm like oh yes um so i don't remember what the point of that story was other than to share it but just the yeah it was worth it i love that story um, worth sharing it. and just the the ocean the vast <laughs> totally ocean of possibilities it. would make me a little confused but Oh, like the grandmother I see, or the older woman, I see myself at that age still reading occasional comics here and there. Feel free to tell me that you super don't want to talk about this if you don't want to talk about this giant issue, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't bring up how how do you guys feel about the eternal question of is BL fetishization of gay men for predominantly straight women? Oh, absolutely, women? 100%. 100%. But... It's, it's one of those things where you have to sit down and think, okay, how much can I allow and how much can I be offended by? With our culture nowadays, we're offended by everything. But, and it's justifiable to be offended by the fact that Yaoi is gay romance for women. That said, you know, I'm a gay man and I love Yaoi. I can still appreciate it and it's still something that can be celebrated. It's just, we also have to recognize that, hey, this is fetishization of gay romance. But even not as long as it's not going too far, and don't ask me what the line is for too far, um, I am willing to accept it to a degree. I'll point it out, but that's about it. Certainly, I remember being on the internet in the mid 
2000s in those gravitation days where it was very much this thing of people would be super into either official BL or or fan works uh, ships and, and were super into those, but were really overtly and, and loudly disgusted by actual queer couples. And I feel like that's certainly a hard line we can all draw together. Mm. Um, th- this issue of, of does, how, how, how much is this interest in fiction um, translating to actual support for human people? Absolutely. I, I sometimes wonder if, if maybe the pushback against BL is this question of if this, if there were less of this, would there would there be more work by uh, queer artists or or for this demographic? Like, is it taking away? It is almost almost seems to be the feeling. Uh, I personally, I don't know if I can comment on this because I'm not from Japan. Though, uh, fun fact, I'm actually going to Japan for the first time in October. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, um, but <laughs> with I can't talk about the culture of Japan. But in my mentality, the way I see it. I feel like Yaoi might have made things a little better just because it has created this visibility of, oh, gay men, you know, uh, someone who will read this comic will be, and there are people out there, but like someone who will read a Yaoi comic will at least have the awareness of like gay men and gay feelings, uh, gay feelings, but, um, you know, uh, and I feel like that has made it possible for queer art or for interest for other queer stories and for queer artists out there to produce. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think it's been like a Yaoi has created a void in queer stories. I feel like it might have actually helped. I totally agree, actually. I think uh, when we think about BL creators, uh, there is this image of a heterosexual woman uh, trying to you know draw out BL uh, uh, gay romances, but I personally know people who are very into BL or people who create uh, BL who also are queer. And there's a lot of uh, people like that. So, and kind of going back to the uh, question of fetishization, BL fetishizes gay uh, people, but it doesn't do that no more than NL fetishizes women nl in uh, i don't know if that's uh the word that's a word that uh, people see in english but nl means normal love which basically means heterosexual love nl they, they call a lot of people who are uh, bo fans and creators oppose mm-hmm. that yeah, usage well. of that word nl because you know it's like <laughs> like gay is abnormal <laughs> um but um there's a lot of, you know, sexual, equally sexual content catered to heterosexual men um, that I think, I think they are more problematic. And I'm not trying to like <laughs> yeah, rank, um, you know, you know, <laughs> but I think there's, it's like the vast majority of, uh, sexual maybe a little porno- pornographic uh anime manga and novels i think the vast majority is nl you know what they call nl and the problems that 
exist in NL don't usually cold out. Don't usually cold out. Don't get usually cold out. <laughs> like, I'm hearing myself on my headphones. I'm like, you, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> okay, so like, I'm not trying to like you know compare two different genres because the genre, like, each of them is too big to generalize about. But um, I think when we critique BL, we also have we also have to uh, be aware of the fact that we are also we also have a very big genre of um, art and uh, work that is very, yeah, I, at least equally problematic. I see what you mean. Like, you know, BL has something like freaking uh, 10 count, but in shoujo, you've got stuff like Blackbird, which is just straight up glorifying a horrible abusive partner. I certainly think that there is a certain amount of misogyny at you know, not to say the fetishization issue is not important or not there, like like both of you said, I think also. Uh, but also, hey, here is a thing that women enjoy. Stop that. Yeah, I mean, like the whole, I've noticed, especially with dramas, yeah. this whole trope of like a rich jerk. Like, oh, this man will treat me terribly, but he's rich and pretty, so it's okay. Like, uh, mm -hmm. all the different versions of boy, uh, Boys Over Flowers. And, like, why does that... Actually, why does that drama have so many different versions? They just did a Chinese version a couple months ago, I think. Excuse me. Um, but, oh, there's, there's so many good shoujo, but they keep making yeah, Boys Over keep Flowers. making it over and over. <laughs> they made one in America. It was terrible. Uh, there's a Taiwanese <laughs> one, Korean, Japanese, has, like, one or two. There's, there's all kinds. And it's just the glorification of this, oh... He's a jerk, um, but he's rich and pretty. And like he kind of changes depending on the version of the uh, story that you're watching. Um, yeah. So that's like one of the problems for like hetero or heterosexual romances that I see constantly. Um, but I want to also add for going back to BL and like the fetishization of gay romances that it is kind of getting better. Um, I've been noticing a trend of like, you know, let's let's actually represent gay male stories. Um, like there's this whole trope of um, I'm I'm straight. I'm not gay except for you. You know, I'm only gay oh, for God. you. But lately, I've been noticing that more stories will just from the jump be about gay characters. I am a gay man. Um, and in fact, there was this one story which, again, it's not in my notes, so I don't have the name of it. But there's a story about this. Uh, uh, a blogger i think he's a, a food blogger and one of his fans decides hey i love you i'm gonna move in with you i'm gonna be like be your like lover now which loki is stalker and creepy um but they actually promoted the comic by the mangaka was like this is a real gay romance i like interviewed people uh and at first i was offended like oh now we're selling the pitch is like oh real gays everyone but when i read it it was like oh okay this is actually being representative so there is a kind of shift happening in BL, which is cool. By the way, if you think of, of any of these titles <laughs> later, uh, just Probably email well. them to me and I'll, I'll put them in the show notes so people can find these nice, sweet things. Like <laughs> one in the morning, like, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I, that's um, yeah, that's as good a time as... And I, I did also want to talk about, about that shift and what things you see that are um, used to be common in the, the sort of older stuff that's going away now or nice new tropes that are more positive that are cropping up. Mm -hmm. 
see. Oh, I've already talked about two. Well, uh, accessibility, like I said earlier, the like ability to access it. Well, that's what accessibility means. Um, but the ability to uh, kind of read manga, uh, see how or BL anime, um, being able to like read Korean stuff now. Like I actually have an app of, uh, I believe it's Lazen. I still don't know how to pronounce this thing, but the Korean like comic site, I have an app for it. So I can just read Korean BL comics on my phone. That's amazing to me with, for the kid who had to like, uh, read stuff online through scanlation sites. So the accessibility, just yeah. that aspect is really cool. Um, Although I do hope that Lazen is paying their yes! artists now. Because they had a whole scandal. I made a video about, um, oh, and I'm sorry for the editor if I just like made a whole spike there, uh, volume. But anyway, um, I had made a video about like, hey, this is Lazen, you should subscribe. And then some people in the comments were like, oh, but like, they're kind of low-key ter terrible at like paying their artists. And then I looked into it and it is, there's a whole kind of shady business going on there. So hopefully, yes, hopefully they do end up paying their artists. I know it didn't, ended up getting to be where the government is starting to get involved and um, the they are actually s suing two artists because the artists were bad-mouthing them because they weren't getting paid. So there's a whole bunch of scandals going on involving, and this is mostly because, sorry, I'm going into news story death in mode, but this is mostly because the Korean webtoons, webcomic market kind of exploded in the past 10 years. Because again, with that accessibility, not only in Korea, but also internationally. And so there are no like legal ramifications for companies that underpay their workers. Uh, so the government is now like, oh, we should probably start actually um, regulating this, this whole business that's just boomed in the last five to 10 years. Maybe we close this. Yeah, level. maybe we should actually start looking out for the people instead of just helping the companies. Um, but tangents of tangents, uh, that accessibility is something that I've seen in BL. And that's really cool that it's just kind of skyrocketed so much. Yeah. And you see, um, because of, of the roots of the genre, I think a lot of the issues you see in, in shoujo romance happen in BL too, that, that they're kind of moving away from like, less assault <laughs> less assault and that's definitely something i've seen in the bl community of like conversations about rape assault why are these stories so prevalent in this genre um there it has been pushback though of like guys if you don't want to uh, i often find now in comics where the translators will put like a a note of like this involves rape or like for assault heads up and so if you read past this after reading this thing don't complain to us you know um where is partially warranted okay you know you gave me a warning cool but also right there shouldn't be such a negative pushback to the idea of like let's talk about getting rid of rape culture in yaoi or bl right. um so that's i guess a conversation that's blossoming now in the bl genre that it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah, yeah, nice to see that that combo being had. A, a little depressing that the one most of the anime that uh, or most of the manga that get adapted to anime are the ones that are still pretty assault heavy. While in manga, there's kind of this flourishing of other yeah. stuff. I think one of the things that's getting that's been getting better uh, is that 
in addition to like accessibility and also the uh, less assault, you know, thing, I think we also ha we are also seeing much more diverse, uh, like different kinds of characters in BL. Like sometimes age wise, sometimes like body type wise, and like uh, like 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 Rai said, uh, some characters. Uh, sorry if it was not right um, sometimes the characters identify themselves as gay and uh, sometimes they, they are confused um, just like you know many queer young people do uh, are and I also remember reading BL back in like early 2000s the occupations were like very limited like the jobs that they the characters had like some of them so are singers some I've of them are teachers that, i'm gonna have to go back and like and, look that's interesting <laughs> yeah it might be biased because like you know i i maybe it was it my, gone over my head, um, don't worry. preference i don't know <laughs> but uh but yeah so that's like that i think that's one of the things that has that have changed dramatically in the past 10 15 years Kind of related to the rape culture thing, you know, the, the, the conversations about rape having been, um, like being had in the BL community. I think BL community is like, is where the conversation about rape and assault is most rigorously had. Um, like we don't see many people, uh, you know, consumers of heterosexual, uh, romance manga or sexual pornographic manga or anime talking about like making less rape depictions this convers that the conversation that we are having in the BL community uh, and beyond is sort of like I think it's going to lead to a broader conversation about uh, like representation of women and queer people in general I think it can become a bigger yeah, uh, that's, conversation. That's a good point. Like it's yeah, yeah it, it seems like, well, why is this the only genre that quote unquote has to have these conversations? But the fact is more that th this is an issue in every genre and, and BL is a community that is choosing to try and look critically at itself and move forward, even if it fits and starts, which I think it deserves credit for. <laughs> totally. Um, so as we kind of get near towards the end of the hour here, I wanted to talk about uh, basically recommendations, uh, stuff you have read that you think is really solid, either because just because it's good or, well, here's an interesting, you know, if you're interested in, in the history of the genre, here is an interesting thing to pick up. Well, the two or three things that I forgot to, or did not know the titles for off the top of the bat. Um, but I have a list. I have so many recommendations. Okay, so nice. Uh, first, Hanto Yaju by, uh, and I apologize if I butcher the Japanese language. I'm so sorry. But uh, by Yamamoto Kotetsuko, um, which is about a an heir to a yakuza clan and a beat cop, like a stand at the corner and kind of like watch the children walk to school, kind of like cop, uh, who fall in love and is the most the healthiest and most charming relationship in all of Yaoi. Absolutely, hands down. That sounds adorable. It is great. Uh, and 
um, it's still ongoing technically. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's occasionally being updated. I'm like, oh, this is oh yeah, this is a thing still. But um, there's multiple chapters out there, like 36 or so off the top of my head, right? Just came up with that. I don't know if that's close, but it feels like it. Um, comics out there or chapters out there. So you can go read that and it's great. Um, moving on. Next is Jackass, uh, Who Said You Could Touch Me or Just Jackass by Scarlet Barrico. This is currently my favorite Yaoi manga. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those stories where a lot's going on. Uh, they're about these three friends of, in high school. One is this classic, like, I'm gay and proud. Like, I go to the gay section of Tokyo. Uh, I hang out with my older man boyfriend. Um, and he's just chilling, having, like, uh, his time of his life. And then a classmate of his is this classic bully who actually low-key likes him. And he's dealing with that on top of his relationship with an older man who's like, I'm too old for you. Let's stop this. Uh, and then the main, that's actually the side story. But, like, the main story is about... Uh, this kid who's being raised by his older sister and his feeling of like, I don't want you to have to feel obligated to take care of me. I feel so much of a responsible burden because like you are, you were so young and yet you had to take care of me. And then on top of that, he's, his need to like be on top of everything is being messed up because his other best friend is falling in love with him uh, and he doesn't know what to do. There's also kind of stuff about like, uh, the other best friend happens to be uh, have a, a fetish of like uh, undergarments, so like heads up. But other than that, it's generally a very charming story to me. Um, whew, let's keep going on my list of stuff. If you, please do. <laughs> if you're a fan of like really erotic stuff, just I, you know, heads out for you. Um, one story is Yatamomo by Harada. Harada is a very well accomplished creator. A very dark and uh, yes, uh, Harada's great because it's like I love Harada. One wonderful artwork, beautiful artwork, but two, it's like really compelling stories. Like Cast Heaven, is that Harada? Yeah. I believe it is. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, but Yatamomo is specifically about. Oh, sure. And now that I'm saying that, I don't think Cast Heaven is Harada. But anyway, Yatamomo is about a oh a, a couple of idiots. Um, one is this little boy who, uh, heads up, like, mature rating, um, a little boy who had to be a prostitute when he was younger. He was, like, on the streets, and so he kind of has this mentality of, like, sex is the answer for everything. And then he meets this guy who, uh, I don't remember what his job is, but he's generally, like, this I take care of, like, broken things kind of guy. Uh, and he's like, Momo, you don't need to do sex for everything now. I love you. I've got you. Uh, and... Then, of course, there's all kinds of sex happening in between that. So it's this charming story with a whole bunch of samut on top of that. So if you're into something like that, go ahead and check it out. And then, you know, I, I have more... Or, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, the Yaoi person's talking, sorry. Um, you have feelings, have feelings, it's good. and thoughts, and I want to express them. Um, next is My Brother's Husband, which we <laughs> talked about a little earlier. Um, by, I'm sorry, his name escapes me again. I know it's like TG. I know his initials, but I don't know the rest. Um, Kingoro Tagami? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's totally different than his regular stuff. Normally he's all about like muscular bodybuilder men having sex and like rape and uh, poop play. For real, that's why I don't, I'm not into his regular stuff. But 
this one is the total opposite where it's like family friendly story about a single father raising a little girl who's like seven or so and one he had a twin brother who moved away to Canada because he came out as gay and his brother didn't accept him and sadly the brother died in Canada and so this man suddenly appears at their door one day saying hey I'm your Canadian brother-in-law I married your brother and I came to Japan to like experience Japan and meet my other family uh, and so this is a story that's so wonderful for being about it's it's light and happy and comedic but it also is kind of dark about like oh uh lost family um you know having just lost family members and like uh single parenting and uh, raising a kid and all the like worries of like homophobia and also like uh, am i uh, submitting her to too much um so it's so endearing it's it like we said it actually ended up getting a live action version which i haven't seen um, but the reviews were very good about it, so I understand it to have gone very well. Um, so go check that out. And if you are in America, it has been legally licensed in America, so you can go buy it. It's probably in a bookstore right now. Go get it. That's awesome. Go, <laughs> go get it. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, or at least I'll stop here. Um, just some BL and, uh, live action recommendations uh, because my readers were really into Thai dramas when I started uh, with Queer Fidanchi. And so I've, read, I've watched a few Thai dramas now, which you can usually watch on YouTube. One of my, my absolute favorite ones so far is Part Time the Series, which actually isn't just BL. It's actually like, um, it's about a bunch of college students in their first year of college. So everything happens from like, one girl trying to go into the model modeling agency. Uh, one character is trying to keep his job as a coffee waiter. Um, it all kinds of things happening. Um, and then there is one side story of this BL romance between a guy who wants to be a boxer and this rich spoiled boy who's like, love me. Um, and I absolutely adore that because it's so real and it's also so inclusive. Every letter of the LGBT uh, community is represented in this Thai drama, which is really cool. Um, and then lastly, if you're more into like the typical like squeamy, uh, like cheesy boys love romance, there's My Bromance, uh, which is about, oh, how do I explain this? Um, it's actually based off of a movie, but this is a, a, there's a movie and a TV drama, and the TV drama flips between the past and the present. In the past, these two stepbrothers end up falling in love but it went terribly. Very quick summary. And then in the present, it's, oh, they're reuniting for the first time in like five or more years. And now they're like, are we still in love with each other? What's going on? And it was presented so well by the the two main characters that I'm just like, to this day, I'm just like, yeah, that was a good one. So anyway, there's my list. That's a whole list, but there you go. Nice. Oh, you're real nice anime. Fantastic. Okay, done. <laughs> for for the two people who still haven't watched uh, Yuri on Ice. Yeah, for the like two in the back over there. Get on it. <laughs> oh god. Masaki, have you been <laughs> reading or watching anything you liked? <laughs> oh god, I have such a short list. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, please. please. I like I went over, so you're good. <laughs> well, I I don't have like specific titles or uh, like the uh, books. Um but mm-hmm. I would recommend. Okay, I, I've always been a fan of like dark themed 
like sort of like sad stories. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, before I go, go to my recommendation, I st- one story that I re- still remember from my teen years um, is about this um, American guy and a Japanese guy. An American guy was, I think he was uh, stationed in Japan, like post-war. Uh, he was uh, working for the military and they fall in love, but they don't say anything to each other, but they are very attracted to each other. And they started having like intimate relationships. But then, uh, oh, when they finally start having sex, they are interrupted by the Japanese guy's parent. And the American guy goes back to America and that's it for the first half of the episode. And then later on, uh, the Japanese guy is like in his 70s now. And the American guy shows up as a ghost. And so there's no like real uh, sexual relationship there. But the sadness of the story just it really got me. And I still remember that story. So I love those VL stories that may not result in like happy uh, endings or even like breakups like I think I like the um, I like it's I like the fact that it's neither a happy ending or a sad ending it's like in the middle you know they still like love each other but they don't get they don't form a typical you know relationship romantic relationship so uh, based on that kind of preference of mine i think i would recommend yugi yamada and showa yugi yamada is she's been making lots of books she's like a uh, i think one of the most popular bl creators i think i don't know if she's been translated into english but uh, if there's something uh, i would really really recommend you read it um like we've been talking about, some characters, BL characters nowadays, are starting to identify as gay. And just like that, Yugi Yamada's works and, and Showa's uh, books, they have gay characters who um, obviously identify as gay. There are a lot of um, things, stuff going on in their books, but like this is there's this one gay guy, and he likes this other guy. But then he is in a relationship with another gay guy, but that middle man doesn't identify as gay. Or um, there's this, you know, playboy kind of, you know, kind of uh, uh, promiscuous um, gay man who has who has had feelings for his uh, roommate. There are scenes where the other guy sort of returns uh, feelings, but then things don't go well, and in the end, they are still roommates. <laughs> it's like their their love isn't going nowhere. 
and I love that. So, yeah. so if you, um, I don't know um, if many people like that kind of stories, but uh, but um, if good. you know, even yeah, even one person listening to this likes that kind of story, I would really recommend Yugi Yamada and Showa. Some story, some of their stories end up uh, in a happy ending. So yeah, you should you should you should read them. Sometimes, sometimes you just want that sort of bittersweet stuff. It scratches an, an itch. Um, I, I had a couple recommendations too for for anyone listening out there. Um, first, uh, Fumi Yoshinaga in general is really great, but specifically, I wanted to recommend What Did You Eat Yesterday, which is this domestic series about um, a middle aged gay couple. One's a lawyer, the other's a hairdresser. Uh, it's really nice and grounded. Uh, it's definitely extremely slow burn. Uh, it's This is not a, a series you're going to if you want a lot of, of sex or even a lot of very physical intimacy. Uh, it took them six volumes to talk about their problems with their words. Oh, that's good and they still haven't kissed on screen. Lucky, don't so. do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It, it is extremely about like getting older and, and all of those very mundane concerns that usually when you're when you're reading like a big emotional feelings romance are kind of <laughs> we'll worry about that later <laughs> um uh also there have been a lot of of really cute just kind of one shots uh, published in english recently uh go for it nakamura is uh like a rumiko takahashi style slapstick almost kind of series about this about this gay teenager nakamura who has uh who's who's so awkward and he just wants to not even get together with his crush. He just wants to make friends with him. That's as far as he can, is he can manage is I'm going to make friends with this boy. And it's, it's just nice and funny. And the characters are, are sweet and uh, it's really endearing. Uh, I'm also a big fan of, it, it's a little rougher on the, around the edges cause it's from the nineties, but I'm a big fan of fake, which is a cop drama of, you know, D is sort of the, uh, is sort of the the loose cannon cop who gets partnered with Rio, who is, you know, new on the force, and he's very uptight and prim and proper, and it it has a little bit of the problem where D is kind of the pervy shoujo boyfriend who's always pushing his partner to go further than they're a little comfortable with. Although there's there's no sexual uh there's no assault in it, which is nice. Uh, it it always stops before any rape happens, uh, and it's a nice kind of slow burn with a lot more, um, with a lot of police procedural plot, and I love it a lot. And also, uh, from Eroica with Love, which is an old '70s series about a thief um, named Dorian Red Gloria, who's very, you know, flamboyant and has a cadre of beautiful men who do his job for him, and he collects beautiful art, and he's, you know, he pines after this. Um, after Iron Klaus, who is a German military officer who works for NATO uh, and is as repressed as the day is long, and they have 40 years of unresolved sexual tension, and it's amazing. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds amazing. Sounds good, yeah. So, yeah. Just wanted to quickly uh, sort of uh, quickly note that uh, uh, Yamada, Yugi Yamada and the show that I recommended, they are not free from um, the representation rape culture and some some of the works they have they have um assault scenes mm -hmm. so just be warned 
Yeah, I was thinking uh, to the Yatomomo. I, right. I mentioned that it's a mature warning, but there is that in there as well. So warning as well. Okay. I, I think at most people who read BL know that that's always going to be a danger, but it's nice to it's nice to have the content warnings going in. Uh, anything okay, else we more, didn't cover that you guys wanted it, to talk about before we wrap up? <laughs> one more, I promise. I promise. Okay. Um, this is actually a Chinese webtoon, um, and it's Here You Are by Dejun, uh, D-J-U-N. Uh, and it's about, well, huh. Uh, it's about a college couple, a, I think he's a sophomore, junior, something like that, who is in charge of, he's basically like an orientation leader at his university, and he's taking care of the freshmen, like being this friendly face for the incoming freshman class. And there's this one tall, quiet dude who like is so quiet that people think he's being standoffish and rude, but really he's just a quiet, kind of like shy giant kind of guy. And this junior upperclassman is this outspoken, yeah, I'm gay, what of it? I'll fight you if I have to kind of character who is just my favorite and so endearing in his just authentic selfness. Um, and it looks like they're going to be in a relationship. We don't know yet, but like it's getting there and I love it. And it's just a really heartwarming story with a great lead and an interesting romance, a uh, romantic interest. I'm not too into the giant, but like I respect him. And yeah, that's it. Here you are. <laughs> I'm done. I'm oh no, I forgot one as well. We go for the oh, next no. hour. Oh no. <laughs> we could do this all day. <laughs> Um, uh, I Hear the Sunspot is a two-volume manga series that is uh, sort of a, a college slow burn uh, about these th this um, a, a young man who um, basically wants to... He, he's working towards becoming um, an interpreter in, in college, and he basically wants to, you know, slack his way through classes, and he ends up taking notes for um, a... For, for another student who has partial hearing loss and it's kind of about their slow growth of a relationship but also about uh, the the uh, issues with having a non-visible disability um, and it's really interesting and, and um, grounded and uh, I well received I believe um, by uh, by by readers with disabilities um, I I really liked it a lot um and yeah it's good it's good and i had feelings and yeah it, it's another one that's not like super sex intensive like th they have awkward makeouts but mostly it's about like the realities of oh no we want to get together how do we act like adults and it's always nice to have those comics that aren't just about like sex and smut that it's like oh, there's feelings and relationships and conversations happening here, not just, like, shirtless men. It's not so nice. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes you want your smut and sometimes you want, yeah, like, your yeah. grounded slice of life. It's good to have both. Okay, so uh, this is not a recommendation, uh, but... The hour. <laughs> We're going for the next hour. No. <laughs> just wanted to um, mention that when we... When shipping is criticized, a lot of people say that um, like you are reading too much into the original work. Like you are reading homosexuality into the original work. But uh, when we watch 
like TV shows, like, like in general, like I don't know, like a Grey's Anatomy, or can we talk <laughs> even about like that, you, know, though? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for example, yeah, like a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, TV shows and movies. Um, not every person is depicted, uh, like explicitly depicted as heterosexual, right? Yeah. So like that, uh, they might be queer. They might be. They might identify. Or they might be living, uh, they, they might be transgender, who just do not do not like expose their gender history. You know, it's like there those characters that we see uh, in every single uh, TV show and movie manga. Um, they we don't know who they are. We don't know what kind of identity or. Um, background uh personal history you know they that they are carrying yeah no i i think uh as as queer folks a lot of the time we're so mm. used to not being explicitly depicted on screen that we we mm. find space mm. in that lack of denial i think that's definitely like, a thing it's like it's like the reverse the reverse is also true like people are reading heteros too much heterosexuality in, uh, into a lot of stuff you know true. yeah <laughs> I, I absolutely get it i mean with and I, I personally take this to more of like a Hollywood perspective of like uh, these characters that are being announced as LGBTQ uh, are being presented so that it's kind of like a, a mystery spot, like um, uh, of like, oh, if you know, you know, or like if you can read between the lines, which that can have its good points and its bad points, you know, uh, like the whole... Uh, huh. I don't know. I'm thinking movies like the recent Power Rangers movie with the Yellow Ranger Trini, I believe her name was. Um, she had like one scene where she was like, uh, "I'm not like my family and everything." And because if you had heard the headlines of like she's talking about the fact that she's gay, um, you would know, and that can be empowering. I certainly found it empowering, but I can also understand people who were like, "That wasn't enough. I need more. We need actual confirmation." Um, so. Especially, I don't know, with, I'm taking, again, this with the Hollywood movie perspective, but, like, this is definitely something that's happening more of, and I feel like we're still figuring out what's the good place of the kind of not being out there, out there, but also having enough confirmation for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Mm. <laughs> One to grow Sorry on. for bringing that up, like, at the last minute. No, you're fine. I just remember that I, you know, I wanted to say that. No, it's good. Thank you for bringing that up. I think it's always relevant. All right. Um, well, thank you both of you so much for agreeing to come on here. I think this has been a really great conversation. Um, and I'm pleased that, uh, that thank you, for having you guys me. were willing to spare some of your time. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Uh, and thank you listeners out there. Uh, again, be sure to check the show notes. Uh, we'll have, some links to some of the stuff we've talked about today. Uh, if you liked this episode, you can find more by searching for Anime Feminist on SoundCloud, or you can check out AnimeFeminist.com, which is where we do uh, a lot of, we do other podcasts, we do a lot of stuff in text form. Um, if you would like to help support us, the big site to go to is Patreon.com slash AnimeFeminist. You know, we've broken even on basic site costs, uh, but we'd like to take it to the next level now, including doing 
transcripts for our podcast so that they can be more accessible to folks, paying our contributors more, uh, being able to bulk up the amount of content we do, that kind of stuff. So even a dollar a month is a huge help. Um, and we really appreciate each and every one of you. You can also find more of us on social media if you'd like to talk to us um, on Facebook at facebook.com slash animefem, on Tumblr at animefeminist.tumblr.com, or on Twitter at animefeminist. Um, thanks so much, and we'll see you next time, Anna fam. <laughs> <laughs>